This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. All right. Hey, everyone. I'm Sam Gazelle. I'm a senior at Holly Springs High School, and in the fall, I'll be attending NC State. And so, actually, I've kind of been a really big NC State fan for my whole life. Since both my parents went to state, I've always grown up around NC State sports, and that's definitely had its pros and cons. <laughs> See, NC State's been known, especially in recent years, to be very inconsistent in their sports. So whether it's a game, if it's a game against a little school, you know that it's definitely possible that they're going to fall apart in the last few minutes and lose. <laughs> or also against like a big team like Clemson football or Duke in basketball, you'll see a, di- a whole different team come out and they'll end up pulling off the big upset. And see, that's definitely taught me a lot about expectations uh, throughout being a fan. And these inconsistencies have taught me that not everything happens the way we ex- always expect them to. And see, this also happens in the Bible a lot, where the unexpected happens. And especially in First Samuel, where God sends Samuel to find, to find a new king of Israel, and he finds that in David. And so in 1 Samuel, it says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you, and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show him what I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse chose this one. Oh, wait. Jesse then had Shema pass by Samuel and said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Samuel, Jesse had seven sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen any of these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending a sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. So in this passage, you see God sends Samuel to go find a king. And so Saul's the king right now, and he's like getting towards the end of his reign, 
And so Samuel probably, even though he's a prophet who should know kind of everything, he should, uh, he still probably expects God to choose someone like Saul. Saul's kind of the classic king if someone comes to mind, I think, because he's big and strong, he's an attractive person, and he's a very militant leader. He likes to lead with his military a lot. So Samuel probably expects to choose someone like him. But he goes through all the signs, and God doesn't tell him that any of these are the one. So they have to end up go sending for, for David. David was out in the fields. He was out tending to the sheep. And being a shepherd wasn't necessarily the most glorious job in this time. You had to live all your life out in the elements and just living with a bunch of sheep as your friends. And that wasn't probably the best thing. But God still looked past what everyone else thought of David. They thought he was too young. They thought he wasn't necessarily the big, powerful leader that they thought he would be. But God saw this, saw through this, and David ended up becoming one of the most powerful and strong kings that Israel had. And so, fast forward today, us humans still have our own expectations for our lives and our agendas for what we want. And when they don't work out, we still get mad at ourselves. We get mad at God. We blame other people for them, even though it just wasn't the right thing. It wasn't the thing that was going to happen. And a lot of these expectations stem from judgments. Just like with David, people judged him based on what he looked like and how old he was. And a lot of our judgments do the same. We base, we think we know someone because we just saw him a couple times throughout our life or we had a couple interactions with them. We're really, we don't really know them, and that's not the case. So for me, growing up through school, through like elementary, middle school, some high school, I've always been the quiet kid. I was pretty good at school, so I didn't really have to try that hard, so I just sat in the back and kind of did my work and minded myself. And so I still had friends. I still played plenty of sports, and that kind of occupied my social life. But I didn't really see the need where I had to like kind of go out of my way to meet new people if I really wanted to. And it wasn't because I was super shy or that I was socially awkward or anything, but I just didn't, I didn't, if I, I felt like if I was living my life and you were living your life, there was no really much need to interact with each other. <laughs> but throughout all this, my faith was still really strong. I was lucky enough to be able to grow up in a church like this and through youth group, my faith became really personal to me, and it kind of all made sense to me. I had, and because I lived in Holly, I live in Holly Springs, and everyone here lives in Apex. I actually had to go out of my way to kind of make friends, since I didn't really know anyone through school or anything like that. So, and I'm really happy I did that because the friends I made in sixth grade were still really good friends today, and so my faith was good. I knew God loved me, I knew Jesus died for me, and I thought, you know, if I was making the right decisions in my life, then God was happy with me and everything was good. But after going through, like, going through all these youth events, going on these retreats, and participating in things like AOSP, I kind of realized that God wanted for me to do more in my life. There, I wasn't necessarily doing wrong by keeping to myself and just kind of living my own life, but it wasn't necessarily the right thing to do. I realized that God wanted me to step out of my comfort zone and start 
kind of caring for others and be a leader in my life. So I went back into my life, kind of reevaluated myself, and you know, little by little I started trying to reach out to other people. Like if someone was sitting next to me in class, I might start talking to them even though I won't, I wasn't, they wouldn't be someone that I would necessarily talk to before or if they needed, or if I could see them struggling on something in class, I would try to go help them out a little bit. And so I felt like I was doing the right thing, but sometimes I get like these weird looks because people didn't really expect me to start talking to them. And so I wasn't really acting like I was expected to, but, and that kind of discouraged me at first, but I ultimately kept going through it and I realized that what I was doing was right. I felt like I was making a positive impact on the other people in my life. And this ultimately kind of strengthened my faith a little as well. And so, Throughout this, it's, so, God didn't really just choose the individuals to, he didn't just call it individuals. And that's one of the big difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament that Jesus brought to us, is that God, God went from just choosing individuals like he chose David, and now he's calling a whole people. So, on, and that all changed on Pentecost. So, just how... I'm going to reiterate what Clara read earlier in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing wind of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So, with this passage, what really stands out to me is it's kind of what changed in the New Testament with Pentecost, that God went from just calling one person at a time, calling one prophet at a time, one king at a time, to now he's calling a whole body of people to live their lives and live for Christ. And so, that's a really big difference that Jesus brought to us, and that now he's calling the whole church to go out and live these lives and kind of break the expectations that people have set out for, for us. So what are these expectations that we have out for us? I feel like that everyone, or a lot of people, kind of especially today, live a life kind of like me, focused on themselves. And we see that a lot with, I see that a lot just in the hallways of school. I'll see people just walking and walking around the hallways, just looking at their phones, they have their headphones in, and they're just kind of focusing on what's in front of them. First of all, that's pretty dangerous. I've seen a few too many people, I've seen way too many people just kind of collide in the hallways, and it's just, it's just not a good thing. It's kind of awkward, and people end up getting hurt. But also, it's also like, it, it kind of is a way to symbolize the culture of what a lot of people are living life like today. So many people are trying to like block out what else is going on in their life and kind of like focusing on just their own life and what's happening. And I also see this with adults too. You know, if we look, like I work in a grocery store, I'm a bagger and as a part-time job, and people will just walk up to the to the cashier, it won't say anything. They'll just start listing off their phone number for their rewards card and hope to save a little money. And so, 
that's how a lot of people live. They're just focused on themselves and what their little circle is doing. And nothing's necessarily wrong with that, but I feel like that's not what God wants us to live like. He wants us to care for others like Jesus, like Jesus did by dying on the cross and how, that's, how he wants us to live and how he wants us to live for others. And so how would we counter these expectations of us trying to break just living for ourselves, living in our little circle? So simply, I think it's just going out of your way to be nice to people. You know, I'm sure there's people at school, at your work, probably in your neighborhoods, or even at church that you see, you've probably seen them a few times, see them maybe every day, but you don't really know them because you haven't really needed to know them. So maybe you can try to spark up a conversation with them or just see what's going on in their life. Or maybe you have a friend that you've kind of separated apart from, whether that's from like a move or just busy schedules have drawn each other apart. So maybe you could try to go grab lunch with them or call them on the phone and talk to them, see how they're doing. And also a lot of people, everyone struggles with something in their life. So if you can see someone struggling with something, maybe you could do what you can to try to help them out a little bit. Anything like this, any little things like these can help brighten someone's day and it can also show them what the love of Christ is really like. I believe what kind of sums all this up is a quote from St. Francis of Assisi, which is, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. I think these actions that we can do can really define what Jesus is to other people and can show them how to live their life and hopefully not only make their day, but to just show them who Jesus is. Thank you.